Hey, welcome to First Baptist Church Online. My name is Steve Polk, executive pastor here at the church. Excited to welcome you to this time of worship uh, through our YouTube, Facebook channel, and even through our website. Today is going to be a very strong message, one that, uh, that I know you're going to want to engage with. We're going to be talking about Noah today. Pastor's going to bring a great message, not talking about Noah building the ark, not talking about the animals, but what do you think of a guy who lives in the desert that spends days upon days, years upon years, building a boat? Of all things, that's one of the craziest stories, I think, in the Bible. But what lessons and what is it that God saw in Noah to see him as a unique and special person? What is his characteristics? And maybe those are some characteristics that God would like to see in us. So grab your Bible, get your notebook and your pen and get ready to understand better what God wants to see in us. So let's pray as we worship. God, we thank you for your word, that even if people like Noah, that story has been around for so long, we can take real life application into today. Thank you for how you're going to teach us and grow us through this experience this morning. As we hear your words preached, as we take application into our own lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ with us today. Going to be preaching a message on Noah. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to the book of Genesis uh, chapter 6. You know, uh, recently many of us uh, received gifts for Christmas. And one of the things I bought myself, actually, was a couple of new white uh, dress shirts. And the reason for that is I wear white dress shirts as a pastor uh, quite often. And after a while, they'll get this, you know, this dingy look around the collar, you know, sweat and aftershave and all of that. And, and sometimes you'll go to the closet to pull out a dress shirt, a white shirt that you need for some occasion. And, and, and they're all dirty and that can be really frustrating. So I try to buy a couple of new ones from time to time. So I'll always have some really uh, clean ones. And that's why I did that, and and it got me thinking when God, you know, let, let's just imagine that this world and all of us in it, we're a closet full of clothes, and God opens the door, and he looks in. Does he see any clean dress shirts, or are we all kind of dingy, you know, stained around uh, the neck? What does God see? Because I know personally when I open my closet and all those white shirts are are dingy because I haven't bought a new one in a long time, it's really frustrating. And, and there have been times when I've, I've gone through the, the dress shirts and dirty, dirty, you know, ugly collar, dirty, and wow, I find one clean one. And when I find that one clean one, I am so excited. And I think God, when he looks down at us, looks down at this world, and he and He sees so much dirtiness, so much sin, so much stain and all of that. And when he, when he sees something that is clean and bright and beautiful, it blesses him. In fact, the Bible tells us there was a time when God looked at the world, is just imagine God opening the closet and, if you will, and looking at the world. And all he saw was a lot of dirty shirts. All he saw was a lot of immorality. All he saw was a lot of sin. And there in the midst of it was one man that was like a clean shirt. The collar was pristine. That man was pure. That man was righteous. That man was moral. And so when God looks at the world today, and he sees all of the dirty shirts in this world, all the immorality and all of the sin. When God looks at you, when he sees you hanging in the closet of life, when he sees you hanging in the closet of this world, what do you look like in his eyes? I want us to look at the story of Noah 
and uh, learn from him some lessons that, that can help us, you know, put a smile on God's face, if you will, so that when God looks at this world with all of its sin and all of the stain and all of the dirt, God says there in the midst of that dirty closet and all those dirty clothes, there's that person, there's that man, there's that woman who is pristine, who is clean, who is beautiful, and we bring a smile to his face. I want us to learn some lessons from the story of Noah because he was that kind of man. And I believe as followers of Jesus Christ, you and I want to be that kind of man, that kind of woman, and Noah can help us know how to be that. So let's begin by looking at what God saw when he looked at this world. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, tells us this is what God saw. It says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great, on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That is one of the saddest verses in the Bible, that when God looked at humanity, he saw wickedness, and it was great upon the earth. Not just a little bit of sin, but a lot of sin. And that our thoughts, our, that, that, that mankind's thinking was always about what was things that were wrong in the eyes of God. It was just sinful thoughts and sinful behavior. And then there's more in verses 11 and 12 of Genesis 6. Now the earth was corrupt. In the sight of God, uh, corrupt means it's stained and it's decaying, it's dying, it's, 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 it's just not working well. The earth was corrupt in the sight of God because of immorality and so on. And the earth was filled with violence. And God looked on the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. And then even in verse 13, he said, the earth is filled with Violence. So when God looked at the world in Noah's day, he saw nothing but dirty shirts. He saw nothing but wicked, sinful people. He saw people who were thinking about sinful things all the time, doing wicked and sinful things, and it grieved him. It broke his heart. In Genesis 6, verse 6, the Bible says, The Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. That the sin of humanity was so great that it broke God's a heart. But in the midst of all that, in the midst of all that, God saw a bright spot. God saw a clean shirt. God saw one man who was very, very different, and his name was Noah. In chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, the Bible says this, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and these are the records of the generations of Noah in verse 9. Noah, notice this, Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, and Noah walked with God. Now, you're familiar with the story of Noah and the flood. Man's sin was so bad that God decided to judge the world and start things over through Noah. So Noah built an ark for himself, his family, and the animals, and God sent the flood, and everything on the earth died. And then afterward, Noah and his family and the animals left the ark and repopulated uh, the earth. And God set a rainbow in the sky as his covenant, as his sign, that he would never again destroy the earth by flood. You know that story. But here's what you may not realize, is that the days of Noah were not the only time the Bible says the world is going to be sinful. Not that, that It was not unique 
to Noah's day. In fact, 700 years before Jesus Christ, the prophet Isaiah, speaking to the people of his day in Israel, he said this on behalf of the Lord God. He said, for this is like the days of Noah to me. God, through Isaiah, said to the people 700 years before Jesus that that their days to God in his eyes, in his sight, was just like the days of Noah. And then in Matthew chapter 24 and also in the gospel of Luke, Jesus talking about the second coming at the end of time, he said, for the coming of the son of man will be just like the days of Noah. And so the days of Noah were filled with sin and wickedness. During the days of Isaiah, the world was just like the days of Noah. And Jesus said at the second coming, it's going to be just like in the days of Noah. In other words, that's what the world is like. That's what humanity is like. That's how life on earth is. We are, we, we, we are sinful people. This is a sinful world. It wasn't unique to the days of Noah. It happened in Isaiah's time. Jesus said it'll be true at the end. In fact, it is what life on earth is like. You remember we said that after the flood receded and Noah and his family were repopulating the earth, that God set a rainbow in the sky and said never again would he flood the earth and destroy humanity the same as he had done during the time of Noah. He gave a reason for that. And what's interesting is the reason God gave for never again destroying the earth by a flood is exactly the same reason God had given in chapter 6 when he flooded the world in Noah's day. In Genesis chapter 8, if you will look at verse 21, verse 21, right in the middle of that verse, the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man. Why? For the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. In other words, God said life after the flood was pretty much like life before the flood. That's what life on earth is like. This world is a sinful place. We are a sinful humanity, and there is wickedness and violence. We, we, we don't always recognize God for who he is, serve him, and obey him. When God looks at the world, both in Noah's day, Isaiah's day, at the second coming, and in our day, in, in 2021, and all days of human history, what God sees is a sinful world and a sinful humanity. In fact, the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none who do righteous. Not one of us. We've all sinned. God sees a sinful world. Now, here's the thing I want you to catch. When people look at the world, when we look at the world, the way people see the world, and the way God sees the world, the way people see themselves, and the way God sees them is not always the same. Do you think that the people in Noah's day thought of themselves as being these horrible sinners? I don't. I, I, I can imagine they probably condemned the worst of the worst, if you will, but they probably saw themselves just like most of us today do, as okay, as pretty good, not perfect, but really, really good on a balance. And, and we're living life as normal, and it's not too bad, and we're not too sinful. In fact, speaking about the second coming at the end of time, Jesus in Matthew 24, verses 38 and 39 said this. He said, for in those days before the flood, going back to Noah's time, and the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. They were doing life 
as normal, doing the things that are part of life, and they didn't see anything unusual about themselves or their lifestyles. They didn't see themselves as being horribly sinful, deserving the judgment of God. They were just doing what people do. And then he continued in verse 9, until they, till Noah entered the ark, they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus said that the people in Noah's day did not, did not understand how great their sin really was. And it's going to be the same way at the second coming. We, we go about life doing whatever we do, and we don't think of ourselves. We don't think of the culture. We don't think of the world. We don't think of humanity as being all that sinful. God looked at the world, and he saw a whole lot of dirty shirts. They did not. They did not. See, it's not that humanity simply has you know dirty collars, but our shirts have stains all over them. But as human beings, we look at those stains and we don't see sin. We just think those are patterns. Those are designs for a nice shirt. We don't recognize sin for what it really is. We don't see sin the same way God does. We don't see our, ourselves the same way God does. We don't see life and humanity and this world through the eyes of God. We think everything's okay. But God looks and he sees a whole lot of dirty shirts, a whole lot of sin. And yet in the midst of that, God saw that one man, Noah, that clean shirt in the closet of the world, that one man who was different. And I think you and I need to look at Noah's life a little more closely this morning and learn some things. Because here's the truth. I want to look good to God. I believe you want to look good to God. I believe we, as followers of Christ, want to look good in the eyes of God. And if Noah was the man in the midst of a sinful world who looked good to God, you and I can learn from him how we can be that clean shirt in the closet of this world, how you and I can look good to the eyes of God. So let's look at that verse we read a moment ago one more time. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. It says that Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, and Noah walked with God. Notice three things about Noah in that verse. First, that he walked with God. He had an authentic, genuine, real, living relationship with the God who had created him and the world. And to walk with God means you have to walk together. You have to walk in agreement. You're not fighting God. You're not running from God. You're not avoiding God. You're not ignoring God. You are walking with God in agreement. You and I, brothers and sisters, are disciples of Jesus Christ. We are followers of Jesus. That means we are to be lifelong learners who are increasingly becoming more like Christ, more Christ-like. That the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I resemble Jesus. The longer I walk with Jesus, the more I agree with Jesus. I become like Jesus. We define a disciple here at First Baptist Church as someone who is following Jesus, being transformed by Jesus, and on mission with Jesus. And I'm not walking with God I'm not walking with Jesus if I'm not on mission with him, being changed by him, following him, walking in agreement. If I want God to look at me like a clean shirt in the closet of dirty shirts, I have to follow him. I have to walk with him in agreement. Are you walking with Jesus? Are you walking with him in agreement? Are you a disciple who's being transformed by him and becoming more like Christ? Noah walked with God. That's how we look good to God. The second thing it tells us is that Noah was a righteous man. Now that word 
has a, a legal connotation to it. It means that you are just and you are, you're, you're not a, a law breaker. You're in good terms with the law. And when it comes to humanity, what it's talking about is, is, is that Noah was right with God and therefore he lived right. He was right with God. And he lived right as a result. You and I are made right with God through our relationship with Jesus when we walk with Jesus and his blood, his blood that was shed on the cross cleanses us from all of our sin and we are made right with God because we are right with God. We are right with Jesus by the shed blood of Christ. Then we live right. We live Christ-like. We become more Christ-like. We grow in Jesus. And so again, I ask, are you walking with Jesus in agreement and are you becoming more more like him? Are you right with Jesus? Have you allowed his blood to cleanse you and forgive you of all your sin? And now are you living out that righteousness? Are you living right because you are right with him? There's a third thing in verse nine about Noah. Not only was he walking with God and was he a righteous man, but the Bible says in verse nine that he was blameless in his time, blameless in his time. In Genesis six, God said that the world was corrupted. The world was filled with the stains of sin and it was dying and it was being destructive. But in the midst of that was Noah who was blameless in his time. It means he was not allowing the world to stain him. He was not allowing the world to rub off on him, allowing the culture to shape who he was, how he thought, how he believed, how he lived, what his values were, his morality was, what his priorities happened to be. He was not allowing the corrupt world, this this system that is anti-God, this system that does not honor God, this system that does not always believe in God, that does not obey God. He was not allowing the system to corrupt him. He was blamed in his time. You and I are alive today in 2021, and our world is filled with so many issues and so many problems, but it is critical that we not allow the world to shape us. Instead, we allow Jesus Christ to shape us because we are walking with him. We are righteous with him. We are right in him and live right as a result, and that means that he shapes us, not the world, and we are blameless because we don't allow the world to constantly stain us. We are a white shirt and a closet full of dirty shirts. That's what catches the eye of God. That's what pleases God. That's what Noah was and why he found favor with God. And if you want to look good to God, that's who you will be. And you can be. You can stand out from the crowd. And so all of that to say, here's the key lessons for us about Noah and looking good in the eyes of God. Your relationship with Jesus will make you different. Noah was different than the people of his time. And if you and I are going to look good to God, we are going to be different. We must be willing to be different. If you're always wanting to blend in and fit in and get along and be like everybody else in this world, think like the world thinks, talk like the world talks, live like the world lives, you're never going to look good to God. We have to be different. We must be willing to to be different and to look good to Jesus. Listen, you can't be like everyone else. We are different, but there's more lessons than those from the life of Noah. And I want us to look at those real briefly and learn something that can encourage us. If you have your Bible open, look with me in Genesis chapter six, verse 22, the last verse in the chapter. It says this, thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him 
So he did. Then the very next chapter, chapter 7, verse 5, Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. So you know what the lesson, what the lesson is, is that we obey God. If you want to look good to God, if you want to gain his favor and be pleasing to his eye, then obedience is an attribute that will describe your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that means you're not selective in your obedience, obeying God here, but not there. Agreeing with God in this, but not in that. We're not selective. See, disobedience, disobedience to the word of God, disobedience to the way of God, disobedience to the will of God makes us look like the world, not Noah. It makes us look like dirty shirts in the closet rather than uh, clean ones. That's the reason I'm so thankful that in our D group ministry here at the church, when people read a chapter in the Bible, they are encouraged and asked to write in a journal uh, what, what verse spoke to their heart and to their life and, and to explain what that verse means and then to apply it. What does it mean to them? How does it apply to their life, their living, and how are they going to respond? Because we want people to learn how to engage the Word of God so they can encounter Jesus and be changed by Him as the Holy Spirit takes His Word and speaks it into their heart and life. We need to respond to the Word of God and obey it because that is what makes us look good to Jesus Christ. But there's something else that makes us look good to Jesus. It's not only, you know, being different because we are righteous and we're walking with Jesus and, and, and we're blameless. The world's not corrupting us. And, 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 it, and, we, and it's not just that we are obeying Jesus and his word, but something else that makes us look good to Jesus is, is we make godly decisions. It's, it's, it's that we are godly decision makers. Um, when, you, when you read the story of Noah, and you look at the details, you'll discover that Noah and his family were on that ark for one whole year. I can imagine that after a year had passed, Noah was ready to get off that ark, put his feet on dry ground, feel the sun on his face, you know, get away from the smelly animals. You know, I'm sure Noah, after a year, was ready to be off the ark. And the Bible tells us that the ark came to rest on a, on a high mountain top that was part of a, a large mountain range and that gradually the waters receded. But I want you to notice something. When you read the story, Noah did not rush. He did not rush and open all the doors. In fact, the Bible tells us that after the boat, the ark came to rest on that mountain ridge, that three months passed before he could look out the window and see a lot of other dry ground mountain peaks around him. Three months passed. And then after those three months, another month passed, and he opened a window and he sent out a raven, and that raven did not return. He sent out a dove, but the dove did return because it found no place to land. Oh, another week passed and he sent that same dove out a second time. And this time it came back bringing with him an olive leaf. He waited another week, sent the dove out a third time. And this time the dove did not return because, and Noah knew that it had found a resting place. But listen, Noah did not open the doors and rush out. He waited another month. And then he didn't rush out either. After that month passed, he opened all the windows. And then he waited even longer, another two months. And, 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 and so here you have Noah waiting all this time after the ark came to rest on the mountain several months, and God finally spoke to him and said, Noah, go out of the ark. 
you, your family, the animals go out of the ark. Now, here's, here, here's what I want you to learn about godly decision-making. It takes a lot of patience. That, that if you're the kind of person who's always rash and impulsive, you're going to make a lot of decisions you regret. And if you want to look good to Jesus, then patience, patience, waiting for a word from God, waiting for clear direction from God, not just rushing into things. In fact, when, when you read the story of Noah, here's something that jumps out at us. One, that, that one year that Noah was on the ark before he, before he exited the ark with his family and the animals, we have no record in Genesis of God speaking to Noah, not even one time while he was on the ark, until God finally told him after a year, exit the ark. God spoke to Noah before the ark. God spoke to Noah and told him when it was time to go in the ark, and then God closed the door. And for the next 365 days, God did not speak to Noah. What did Noah do? He was patient. He investigated. He sent out the doves, and he collected facts and information. And he waited. He didn't make a rash decision. He waited on a word from God. He gathered all of his facts. And, and sometimes what you and I do, we, we get information and then we impulsively make a quick decision on the basis of the limited information we have. And we fail to be patient and give God time to cause, to, to allow all of that information to jail within us and for God's voice to throne, to come through clearly clearly that this is what I want you to do. Now is when I want you to do it. Noah, because he was walking with God and he had not allowed the world to corrupt him and stain him. He was blameless and he was righteous. And because he always obeyed God, he gathered that information, but he had enough faith and enough patience to wait until he had a clear word from God before he left the ark. And there's some good lessons there for us, brothers and sisters. Make decisions, godly decisions, the way Noah did. Investigate, yes. But don't, don't rush and make a decision without investigating. And then don't rush and make a decision necessarily just because you have investigated. Wait until God has helped you process everything and then gives you a clear direction, a clear instruction. Because do you know who wants you to make a rash decision? Do, do you know who wants you to do something impulsively? Because you're, you're tired of this. You're, you're tired of waiting. You're ready for something different. You want to go there. You want to do this. You want to have fun or whatever it is. And you make an impulsive, rash decision. Do you know who wants you to do that in life? The evil one. The evil one who wants to destroy your life. And you need to be wise enough and strong enough to have the patience to gather the information and then allow God to cause it to churn in your heart and mind until God by his Holy Spirit gives you clear direction in life. And you, you will put a smile on the face of God if you do it the way Noah did it. Our daughter-in-law, Sarah, sends us a lot of pictures a lot of videos of our grandchildren. She and our, she and our son have three of our grandchildren. And, and uh, uh, three, four times a week, I'll get uh, some photographs or a video on my iPhone that she's sending us of the grandkids. And, and I, I was looking at one yesterday, another video of our little granddaughter singing and then her younger brother getting on there and singing with her. And I'm just sitting there in my chair watching that, listening to that, and I'm smiling. I feel good. I'm happy. There's so much love there. God wants to look at you and smile. 
God wants to look at you and see something good. And I believe that's what you want. I believe you want to be that clean shirt in the closet of this world. You don't want to be a dirty shirt. You don't want to look like, look like all the other shirts in this world. You, you don't want to look like everybody in this world that doesn't listen to God, doesn't wait on God, doesn't walk with God, doesn't obey God. You want to be that beautiful, clean shirt that obeys God, walks with God, is, is blameless and not stained by this world, not corrupted by this world. You want to be that disciple of Jesus who obeys him and his word. You, you want to be that, that follower of Christ who makes godly decisions because you wait on clear direction from God before deciding important things. Listen, God loves you. When God looks at you, he looks at you with love. When God looks at me, he looks at me with love. And God, God wants to smile when he looks at us. If you and I will follow Jesus and walk with Jesus and obey Jesus and become Christ-like and, and, and not be corrupted by this world and obey him and make decisions his way, we will be that clean shirt. We will put a smile on the face of God. We will look good to Jesus Christ. That's what I want for my life. I believe that's what you want for your life, and it can be, but you alone can determine whether or not you're going to be that clean shirt or a dirty shirt. No other person can make that decision for you. You're the only one that can decide, I'm going to obey Jesus. The only one who can decide, I'm going to walk with Jesus Christ. The only one who can decide, I'm not going to let this world corrupt me, but I'm going to allow Jesus Christ to shape me. You're the only one who can choose to wait for clear word from God and not substitute your emotions and your passions and your wants for the will of God. But if you will choose that, not only will you look good to God, but brothers and sisters, you will feel so much better about the life you are living because it will be a life that is that is blessed by God. It will be a life that 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 finds favor with God. And and living under the favor of God is a great blessing. Living living without God's favor is a tragedy. And I encourage you right now to get on your face before God. And say, oh, Lord, I commit myself to walk with you in the midst of this closet of dirty shirts. I'm going to be a clean shirt. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to be transformed by you. I'm going to be on mission with you as your disciple. I'm going to be blameless and not corrupted by this world. I'm going to obey you, and I'm going to make godly decisions. Jesus, I commit myself to that right now. And then I'd like for you to text us and let us know that you've committed your life to Christ. If you have a prayer request, you want some help with something, you want to get connected to the church, text the keyword Jesus to the number on your screen, 803-310-4455, so one of our pastors can reach out to you and help you. We love you. God loves you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Continue to worship now as we listen to some music. God bless you. Oh, 
thank you for joining us online today. I know you were challenged uh, by Pastor's message today as you look at your own life compared to the characteristics and attributes that God saw in Noah. So as we continue that journey, we want to invite you uh, to engage with us both in person. If you're in the area and you are, are willing and able to get out, we would love to host you in person in our worship services at 9 o'clock or 1030 on Sunday morning. Um, maybe virtual is best for you right now due to the pandemic and things going on in our world. That's perfectly great. We'd be love to help you connect with a group, either a Sunday school class or a D group uh, virtually. Uh, those options are available. We'd love to get you plugged into those communities to continue your faith journey to grow in your relationship with God. Thank you for joining us again today, and we'll look forward to seeing you again in the coming days.